The portal, the beauty, the glimpse. Thank you for making the greatest decision of your life. This is Long Story Short, a podcast by our stories at the University of Utah. We're here to share student stories and update you on all the most important info about the U. I'm your host, Talmadge White, and we're coming at you from sunny Salt Lake City. In this week's news, Mitt Romney announces his retirement, opening space for new Utah representation. Also, Utah Utes win their first three games in football. And lastly, can we get some more parking, man? Today, we jump into public safety with Dan Smith and Muskan Walia. So kick back, relax, and listen to this interview about this very important topic. So today, we're going to be talking about public safety with Dan Smith and Muskan Walia. Um, so Dan has been a police officer for almost two decades, and in that time, he's had the opportunity to supervise and work in the following areas. Patrol, detectives, gangs, defense tactics, uh, field training officer, school resource officer, and use of force review committee and teams. Uh, he's a graduate from the FBI Command College, and he's a use of force expert. He also currently oversees 12 police officers from several different agencies across the state, and he trains the new and upcoming police officers. For the university, he has been here for two years now, and he's your community outreach officer. He loves being a police officer, and he looks forward to building an open door where our community feels welcome and a part of a team. Muskan is a current student at the University of Utah. Last academic year, she served as the presidential intern in the chief safety office. So I'm super stoked to be getting into this with you guys. Um, we did kind of an episode last year about public safety with Hillary White and Benben Lozada. Um, so I'm excited to kind of go into what public safety is looking like right now. And I'm excited to get into it with you guys. Yeah, thanks for having us, Tom. Yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Um, so, Dan, could you just walk me through your career and some of the highlights of your career? So, I mean, back in 2003, I went through the then UVSC Police Academy, which when UVU was a state college. Cool. I was session 10. I think now we're up to almost session 50. Wow. So we go back quite a ways. Um, through there, I've worked for a few different uh, police departments. Uh, like you said in, in the bio, I mean, that pretty much explains most of what I've done uh, for my career. Um, and, you know, in, in, in the highlights of my career, the best job I ever had by far was when I worked with Provo City. Yeah. And I was a school resource officer for seven years. Cool. And in that time, I got to work in a junior high called Dixon Middle School. And Dixon Middle School had only seventh and eighth graders. And man, that was such a great experience because they're very impressionable. They hadn't made their decisions mm. yet on who they liked or who they didn't like. Totally. And so you really could kind of hit home with them and understand kind of where they're coming from and make that positive light with those kids, which have actually lasted till now. And I've had 10 kids from Dixon Middle School come through my police academy wow. and graduate and be police officers. And so during that time, we, we cleaned up that school. We had a great time. I got to investigate and be a part of the gang unit, and that was a phenomenal job. Um, I, I like being able to, you know, hold people accountable that prey on the weak. And, totally. And that was a great, a great experience for me. And uh, we won some national awards then wow. um, at our school and some state awards. So oh, that's fantastic. It was amazing. So, uh, I mean, I we, we could talk. Uh, for a while, but I think that I think that's good enough for, yeah, for no, at least I love my it. career goes. Well, and what inspired you to become a police officer in the first place, would you say? You know, you talked about middle schoolers becoming inspired. 
you know, way back in seventh and eighth grade. What was it for you that led you to go down this career path? So this is a personal story that I'll share. Um, I had a stepfather who was an alcoholic, a very abusive Mm. man uh, who beat up my mom um, on a consistent basis all of the time. And realistically, that was for me, I was never really, you feel kind of helpless, right? That you really can't do anything, you know, yeah. because if you try, you could potentially get in trouble. Or when you when I when you're a young kid, you don't know the law, you don't know what you can and and can't do. And so, during that time, I had a lot of a different feelings and thoughts as I was growing up to be a man. I didn't want to be an alcoholic. Right. Uh, never wanted to lay my hands on a woman or my wife or anybody for that matter. Yeah. You know, I like to do combatives, but in a in an organized, safe place where it's kind of where it's scheduled and it's in it's you know it's outlined it's not a hey we're just going to go beat up somebody because right. we were alcoholics and that's that was my that was my stepfather mm. uh, in a nutshell and so you know when I got old enough to figure out what I wanted to do uh, I met with my beautiful wife who I've been married to for 22 years and you've got to have that commitment there that's where it started. Mm. And so I told her, I said, hey, this is what I'd like to do. We weighed the pros and the cons of everything that would, that we could that we knew about law enforcement specifically. And we did some research and back 2003, 2002, and we decided, hey, this is what we were going to do and go on yeah. this journey together. Yeah. So that's, I mean, wow. that's, that's my story. It's not a the kumbaya, I wanted to make things different. No, right. it was a personal story for me um, as where I grew up. Right. Oh, yeah. And I love hearing it. And it's been, it's really cool to see, you know, as I was reading your bio, I'm like, wow, you really have done a lot through your career too, yeah. right? And, and now you're at the U. And I'm curious how being here, working in more of a college environment, how that differs from, you know, um, traditional law enforcement, how campus law enforcement, what makes that Unique. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely unique. And working with a very large agency is very different. You're basically a Band-Aid, right? One call to the next. I mean, it's not it's not uncommon to come to work and there's 20 or 30 calls holding that will never get police service. Uh, the words I can't help you are very consistent uh, mm. in those areas because you're so busy dealing right. with high-priority crime uh, versus a bicycle theft or a, you know, somebody asked me to send them Apple gift cards or something like that. I mean, when you're dealing in a big city, um, you're dealing with murders and homicides, domestic Mm. violence, death, and those type of things versus being on campus, man, you get to see things from start to finish. Uh, The vocabulary here, we can't say there's nothing we can do. There's a lot of things we can do. The services to me blow me away, and I never Mm. knew all of the things that we are able to do, like we don't have to be punitive as police officers. It's not just write you a ticket and see you later and we're gone. Right. right? We can use the dean's office and administratively help our students so there's, they don't get that black eye or that bad check mark on their record for the rest of their lives. These are young people that are still growing and trying to understand their path and deciding ultimately what they're going to do. I mean, I don't know how many undeclared or undecided students there are. But my, my understanding is their majors change anywhere from two to four times over the course of their life. And as officers, you know, where we can step in and being, being adults, right, having understood where we're professionally going to be, right. we get to help people. We get to actually talk with people. We get to be a part of what, we're do, what they're doing and realistically have fun with them 
versus in a municipality in a big city, it's just go, go, go. You become very jaded. Right. You become very calloused, I would say, is probably mm. a really good word. You become very dry and kind of almost unresponsive. Like you're almost like a zombie, I guess. Yeah. Uh, with the shift work and the mandatory stuff. Here it's you come to work and you can smile and have a great time and, and talk with people and, and try to change a narrative of negativity where you can humanize the badge. And I think yeah. that's that's been a goal of mine since I've been here is really humanize who we are and, right. and where we're going. So people, when they look at me, if I have to be Officer Smith, that's a, that you've done something. Mm, right? right, but if I can be Dan or Officer Dan, which most people call me on campus, yeah, I, that's a great day. Yeah, but Officer Smith can turn into Officer Dan in about two seconds. Right, and that's what we want to be. You know what I mean? Right. If, if we have to be cops, we're going to be cops. But ultimately, that's that's not ninety nine percent of what we do. It's ninety nine percent of what we all do is is community oriented policing and working mm. with and people and trying to understand culture and understand where we're going so we can hit every group, ethnicity, and, and everybody so that they know we're here to help. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's very positive. And I, you know, it does seem like there's a lot of different things that play into, you know, this community, which I love. Um, so, Muscon, how did you get involved in the public safety community, the, you know, the chief safety office? And yeah, I'd love to hear a little bit about what you do. Yeah. Um, so I served as the presidential intern. So the presidential internship um, is basically... Yeah, it's an internship through the president's office, and we learn about how higher education institutions, and, and specifically the University of Utah, it's an operation. So we learn how the, how the operation functions, the different pieces that make the whole thing go around. Um, and as a part of the internship, we get assigned an office. So I was assigned the chief safety office. And um, when I found that out, I was really nervous. And I remember talking to my advisors and, and being like, I don't think I can do this. I think my values are going to be totally different. Um and I'm not sure how I how I could support them or how my skills would support them. And um, my advisors were just like, go for a couple of weeks and, and see how it goes. And so I was like, okay, yeah, sounds good. And yeah, everyone, you know, everyone was of course nice, but I was I was still very hesitant um, to meet people. Luckily, there were other students in the office with so something that the Department of Public Safety does that's very unique from the other offices that my co-interns were working in were that they have student ambassadors. And so um, there were three student ambassadors that were there with me, um, mm. just which first for me was like, okay, they they value the student perspective. If they've got three yeah. student interns working totally. in here, um, leading projects, co-leading projects with administrators. So that was my first like, okay, maybe this is cool. Um, and I got to work in the office on, on just kind of whatever I wanted to work on. So they in the the office were just like, you're the student, you see how we're perceived in the student community mm. um, and help us change our narrative or help us share our narrative um, because students trust other students, right? And right. so um, I was like, yeah, that that seems totally aligned. Like, let me come up with how I want to do that. And that was really empowering for me was the leadership or my, I guess, like bosses or managers saying, you come up with the projects on how you think that this narrative can be shared, if you mm. believe the narrative. And um they were they were just made sure that I was comfortable in, in what Department of Public Safety was doing before I went out and shared what the Department of Public Safety doing was doing with with my voice. And so, um, you know, it was it was really fun to get to meet with different people, different you know leadership people. Um, I didn't meet Officer Dan after 
I don't think I met you initially, but um, meeting with different leadership um, who had completely different life experiences from me. And I when I went into those conversations thinking, you know, oh gosh, like these people are just going to be like millennial people that just mm-hmm. believe whatever they want to believe and <laughs> yeah. we're going to get nowhere. Um, but it was really cool to like, of course, have, have those different life experiences um, and like find a hard time finding common ground, but then getting into the deeper conversation about what these people, like what their philosophies are in public safety and uh, policing on a campus specifically and find alignment in that. And actually like having broader conversations about what policing should look like in a society. I mean, I joined, um, I joined Department of Public Safety at a really sort of integral time in Mm. in the office where um, we had we had a past that we had to acknowledge and we were now starting to build what we wanted to look like as a department in the future and so um, it was really really cool to see the people that were leading that vision that shared a really the same philosophy as me about about safety which is um, you know trying to like not use force as much as possible trying to Mm. facilitate peacemaking um, and seeing different people so you know there's the administrative side of dps and then there's like the law enforcement side the actual police officers and speaking with the police officers and seeing them trying to employ uh edi language and campus language um and them acknowledging that like the policing that they may have done in the city like yeah they didn't care i mean i talked to officer dan about this but Mm -hmm. like in the city it doesn't really matter what your your personal pronouns are or like they they right. don't care like they don't really have time to care or ask you but like on campus that's like a part of their training it's a part of their training to understand um the different communities we have and the yeah. history that they've had with police um and how how these police officers would then navigate working with these communities and and building relationships with the acknowledgement of um the sort of like uh system that they they have been a part of um and how they sort of reprimand that um and why their philosophies are different. So I think that was sort of um, the big flash for me was the acknowledgement that, yeah, like this is the history that we've we've been a part of and this is, we acknowledge it and this is how we're now trying to change it, especially on our campus. Yeah. Um, and so that was really powerful. And I think that once I started to sort of understand uh, and believe in the good of, of our Department of Public Safety, it made the messaging and sharing the narrative with other students so much easier. Um, and I found that people in my community or my peers, so I live on campus, um, like me encouraging them if they felt unsafe to call DPS and and find support through there, um, people started doing that. You know, they felt more Mm, comfortable because um, I was like, yeah, I'm starting to do that. I mean, I came came from some, you know, I was someone who was like, I'm not calling them. I want nothing to do with them. Like they're not going to help the situation um, to then having several, several good experiences. And knowing that there are so many measures in place in the department that if someone doesn't have a good experience, there will be action immediately, not just Mm. like from a senior manager, from like the very top person, you know, like he gets he gets the thing and he like follows up to make sure that doesn't happen again. So, um, yeah, it was it was it was a fantastic, amazing, incredible experience. Wow. Yeah. Love it. Um, So I'm curious, you know, and I'll open this up to you both. What the best way um because it sounds like the police department, you know, and public safety has gone through a lot of a reformation and uh, rebuilding kind of a period, right? Um, so I'd like to hear more about that, what that's been like in the past few years, and um, what are the best ways, really, to kind of reform uh, police departments? I'll, I'll just start um, by saying that 
when you look at an organization or a system, um, it changes. Like if if you just um, try to change it by having different people in place, um, it'll never di- it'll never change. I mean, that's what mm. a system is: is that it'll always revert back. And something that's really unique. Um, and I am not like a police department expert. I'll let Officer Dan handle that part of the question. But something that's unique that I've noticed um, is that in the Department of Public Safety, it's not just about the leadership. Um, they're sort of building a structure and a philosophy that'll um, go beyond the, the current leadership. So the current leadership we have, like I think they're brilliant. They're amazing. They're the, the most amazing people. Um, and they're building systems within the department that don't rely on people, but rely on good philosophy, mm. um, that rely on really taking care of people and taking care of the campus and taking care of students. Um, and I think we're going to see that that's going to go uh, quite a ways um, from where we were before. Mm. From, a, from a police department side, what I would say is, and having been here for the last couple of years is, with all the things that Muscon's talked about being in place and EDI and understanding our community and our culture, it's hiring the right police officer, mm. the person that wants to come here for a specific reason, that doesn't want to come here to retire, that yeah. wants to actually come here and be a part of our community, somebody that wants to understand that you're going to do EDI training. We are going to get into the understanding of our LGBTQ plus community. Right. We are going to get into understanding pronouns and you're going to have to, you're going to realize that that's going to be part of you. Um, Cause I never realized that until I actually got here. And so an understanding that people do have feelings, people do understand, people do have different ways of thinking and their interaction with their law enforcement, that's their truth. Yeah. Regardless of what you want to say, their that their perceptions are reality. And no matter where you've come from and but it's how you've grown up and what you've seen and what you've done. And so we need to have the right people in places that really want to build, that really want to run with it. And and it's basically they need to be on the bus. They either Mm. need to get on the bus with us or they need to get off the bus. Mm. Uh, We're going in in a great direction. Uh, We've revamped our police department. We have 50 individuals and three canines from the top down. And we have over 700 years of experience. Um, Muscon's not kidding you. From the top, from our chief safety officer, if you're not working out, we'll help you not work out. Right. You know what I mean? If if you don't want to be here, uh, they'll help you not be here because we want people that have a vested interest in promoting campus culture, accountability, and forward-moving thought processes that really help us understand who we are as not just an organization, as a culture, but who we are as a team. And so when I think about this in the 30,000 foot view, it's not the police department. It's not our presidential interns. It's not the radio guy. It's the University of Utah. Right. Totally. It really doesn't matter. I don't care if you're a football player. I don't care if you just come here to go to school. We're all a team and we want everybody to know that everybody has, uh, they have a piece in this. And everybody is a shareholder including the, the officers that need to be held accountable to be able to understand when somebody does want help, like Muscon's talking about, we want them to come knock on the door at 3 in totally. the morning if they want to. Yeah. And somebody's going to come out with a smile on their face. They may look a little tired, you know, from <laughs> right. the shift work, but they're going to come out the door with a smile on their face. Right, totally. Well, what, I guess this is maybe more of a philosophical question even, but what do you think are the key foundations of building a good team? You both have been a part of some great teams over the years. Um, and I'm curious, the most successful teams, what those look like. 
I, I think the most successful teams, obviously, they all start at the top, right? So you got to have somebody that's got a vision. You got to have somebody that's forward thinking. You also have to have somebody that's knowledgeable about understanding of what's really happening on the ground. Uh, because if you are just an administrator that kind of you have your place, right? And I'm not saying anything negative, so don't take this out of context. But right. the guy, the people that are leading the people in any organization on the top have to understand and know the job of all the people and current trends and ideas that are going on on the street, in the room, in the buildings. Because if they don't understand those things, it's one thing for me to be a patrol officer and go up and say, hey, chief, these things are happening. It's another for that person to be able, I know those are happening, Dan. I was there. I was in it. I did it. We were there. And put on a uniform and understand and be a part of our team. And then it also is going to take trust and, and really just get rid of the lip service. If you're going to say something, let's make it happen. Let's do it. Yeah. And st- instead of just moving at a snail's pace, you know, oh, we'll get there. Oh, we'll get, well, when? Yeah, right. You know, a year a, la- a year goes by. Yeah, we're still not there. Totally, how, how, yeah. How, you know what I mean? And that's just obviously hypothetical and just the right. question that you asked. But in, in, in building that team, and they just, they've it starts at the top. And, and unfortunately, we've really got to work really hard to really press that and it might not be like Muscon said it's 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 not necessarily all the people it's it's it's, you've got to have a system put in place that it doesn't matter who's there right the next person can come in and it's like a well-oiled machine they know the direction they know the understanding they know what we're doing they know what our principles and our concepts are so that they can move forward in a forward direction totally yeah it's kind of having a good structure but also good people right Yeah. yeah totally yeah I totally agree I think um, I had a really unique experience uh, because I was learning more from like the administrative and the leadership side. And so I, I got to see and then I obviously like I worked in the, the Department of Public Safety building and got to know the people that these pe- these administrators decisions affected. And so um, I got to sort of see their perspective um, and like how they viewed administration and leadership. Um, and so I think it was super cool. I think the only thing that I would add is um, – Within a good team, I think a good leader um, makes sure that people can join the movement and want to join the vision. So mm. I always say that no one wants to join a bummer movement. So, right. you know, mm. a good leader has to sort of sell sell what they their vision and then include people. So see, yeah. see what people's skills are within the department, whether that's like to the very top or like the like mid-level staff, the lower staff, like everyone needs to join. Everyone needs to mm. feel like a piece of it, to feel excited about it, to to see your vision through. So um, excitement about your vision, seeing how you can include lots of different people to get lots of different perspectives, to get lots of people excited about it, um, to go back to what Officer Dan said, to make people feel like they have a piece um, and feel accountable to the, to the larger vision. And then, um, of course, just communicating what that vision is, communicating. Um, you know, I, I sometimes think like when I looked at when I was looking at projects from the administrative side, like I totally understand why things take years. But like if we're not communicating why things aren't taking years, then yeah, it will sound like we're not doing anything. Yeah. Um, and so a leader or a team that's able to communicate progress in things and then that keeps people on the bus, right? That keeps people in the movement um, towards that towards that vision. So that's Yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, transparency equals buy-in. Yeah. If 100%. you're not transparent, then you will, in any organization, will get, well, they're not doing anything. Yeah, right. Even though they might be. But and that that's where a lot that's where it's really important that transparency is huge. Totally. Like, hey, we're this is where we're at. We're 
You know, we're 50% there, we're 60% there because we've taken these steps versus, hey, I gave you an idea. You said, hey, that's great, we're going to do it. And then crickets for months. And all of a sudden you're like, well, why would I go back again? Why would I ever pitch another idea? Why would I ever say anything? But that transparency creates that buy-in. I think Muscon's 100% right. It really just has to kind of, it comes down to those communications. Yeah, Yeah. totally. Good leader and good team members. Yeah. I don't know if we're allowed to share this, but I think you told me a story about um, the badges. Like, weren't you guys changing the badges? We did change our badges. Like, well, didn't you guys want to take them off of the police officers or something? So what happened was, is there was an idea... Uh, back in the day uh, where uh, this was a little different, um, a little question. But and uh, take this from a perspective of how police officers identify. If we're talking right. about pronouns, we're talking about how people identify and how they feel, okay? Police officer for 20 years has been called a police officer, and it's been on their badge. It's been on their person. It's part of who they are, right? Yeah. Because they've spent all of that time. They've been in really bad situations with a lot of people and their and their brothers and sisters in law enforcement. And then there was an idea that came out to put patches that said peace officers, mm. uh, which caused a kerfuffle. It just right. caused a, a lot of guys because what we've talked about, there was no communications yeah. about what was going to happen. Go ahead. Yeah. So you said that. So from the leadership side, um, people were like our leaders were doing some research and they like on your guys's they were c- your certificates when they graduate from the academy. It says peace officer. And okay. like that sort of embodies like what what the philosophy is, right? right. That they should be facilitating positive interactions with people. Mm-hmm. And so the leadership were like, yeah, let's I mean, that's what we are, that we're by definition peace officers. And so they made this decision. But then. Dan will tell you the rest. Okay. So we actually, I did a, I did a wear test on it, right? So yeah. I wore it on my uniform. We had yeah. the patches, the Velcro. Like we put peace officer on the side and then peace officer on the back instead of police. And I got a specific question on a consistent basis. Are you, you guys aren't cops anymore? Mm, yeah. Are you guys not, they're not allowing you guys to be cops anymore. <laughs> right. And uh, so we were like, no, it, it means the same thing. Yeah. Um, it's just, we're, we're trying to put out a mantra of, hey, we're, we're here to help. And so, totally. hey, we're, we're the fuzz, we're the five, right. we're going to get you. No, totally. we wanted to really put that foot forth. I, I, in, in hindsight, I see the foresight and the vision, right. but repeating back the transparency, the buy-in, the questions, the talking to the officers that have identified for so long uh, as a police officer, they felt like their identities were being taken from yeah. them. And so when we get that, it was kind of a... It was kind of a hit or miss. Right. Like for me, it's you work for the organization. They want to put it on the police car. It's their car. It's their uniforms. But I also believe that I think we always need to remember that there's got to be buy-in. Totally. Uh, and, and, and like maybe even a survey or like, hey, what do you guys think? We're thinking about this. And maybe that would have really stepped around the feelings that were felt and we wouldn't have had such a – because that creates tension, right? Especially when right. you don't have a say in what you're going to wear. Yeah, it makes yeah. sense. Yeah. And where you've identified for so long. So, but yeah, yeah the totally. funniest part about it was 
So not only that, like we're allowed to wear shorts, right? Right. And during certain months. So it's like, not only are you not a police officer anymore, what are you, a UPS driver now? You're just <laughs> yeah, people totally. left and right because you look like you're like a mail delivery yeah, person yeah. and you got your shorts on and your combat boots and you're just like, oh, cool, you're delivering the mail and now you're not a cop anymore. So, right, yeah. so you're sitting there. So you're, I had it coming from both ways from all of my friends on campus and up at the hospital, all my good friends up there. And, and it was just hilarious. It was yeah. really funny. And yeah, I took it with a grain of salt because I thought it was hilarious. Um, but it really affected some people. Yeah, it totally. really did. And so we... That's where it comes down to communication. Yeah, 100%. Well, I love hearing, you know, all the improvements that have taken place um, with public safety over the past years. More communication, more police officers, more canines. Um, What are some of the biggest challenges right now and improvements and goals that you can see moving forward? So challenges are helping our students know we're here. Yeah. And we're here to help at any time. A lot of, I, I think a lot, and what I've run into in giving presentations throughout campus is, oh, we have our own police department? Hmm. We do have our own police department. Yeah. And we can't do this without the help of our community. And our community, that we can't be safe without the help of them and vice versa, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's a give and take, right? And so if we could get people to understand we are here, we are here to help, we want to have a positive interaction. And if you need things, you know, like simple things, like a lot of people don't know, like you, there's a free campus security escort mm, yeah. uh, that's available for all students. It doesn't matter where you are, what you're doing. Right. And we're not going to take you off on a date. We're not right. going to take you to Taco Bell or Burger King, <laughs> yeah. but we will take you anywhere on campus yeah. to your class. You know, if you feel like you're being followed, trust your judgment there. We yeah. ask people to be heads up, you know, I mean, be a be an active watcher. Totally. Uh, become a good witness. Become understanding. Be active. You know, if you see something, say something. Back in the day when, when I was a school officer back at Dixon, we had a slogan that our principal came up with, be a buddy, not a bully. And, yeah. I, and I believe that. And I think if you're trying to help people in that way and your head's up and you're really trying to be a good active watcher, a good witness, that you'll see something, you'll say something. and Because a lot of things that we don't know, we don't know. We don't right. know what we don't know. Mm-hmm. Right. And if we don't know, it can't. It's kind of like if you don't know you're supposed to work tomorrow, your boss didn't schedule it. Whose fault is that? Right. It's not my. It's not my fault. It's the boss's fault. He didn't right. tell me I'm supposed to be here. Um, but at the same time, did you ask? Yeah. Hey, you know what I mean. So it's give and take, right? Yeah, totally. And I believe that if we can really move forward in a positive direction, where people understand we are here to help, that we have turned a corner, we have come back from the things Muscon talked about, about our past, right? Mm. And we're moving forward with a positive outlook on what we're doing. And we're really, we're, we're smashing our past and we're, we're moving on. We're bringing the right people on the bus. We have a lot of things in place now that uh, put us in place for accountability. And uh, we are accountable for things that we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And people need to know the heart. I mean, the hardest part for us is people just not wanting to know us. Right. Yeah. Like Muscon said, before she knew us, she didn't want to know us. Mm-hmm. Totally, yeah. And I can tell you the first time I met Muscon was in the front of the Marriott Library at a tabling event. Yeah. We laughed for two hours. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. We laughed for two hours. We had a great time. Yeah. And we had a lot of fun and got to know each other. Yeah. Uh, we talked about We talked about budget. We talked right. about pay. We talked about all sorts of stuff. Remember that? Yeah. And we had a great com- – and it was a lot of fun, but it, yeah. it created the relationship that Muscon right. and I have where – now I can reach out to Muscon anytime I need to. Yeah. And she responds. 
She yeah. called me in Amsterdam. I called oh, him awesome. in Amsterdam. <laughs> I, I sent her an email with my phone number, yeah. and not even within 24 hours in Amsterdam, I get yeah. a call. She's like, hey, Dad. I'm like, well, who's this? It's Musk. I'm like, holy awesome. cow, are you serious? That's the relationship. That's yeah. the hard, right? That's right. the hard is being able to crack the surface, right? Yeah. Being able to get in and being like, we're people too. Like, I'm a dad. First, yeah. I'm a husband first. Man. Right. 22 years, two kids. That's first. Yeah. Being a cop is not who I am. That's my job. Right. Yeah. Right. And I'm and I just want to help people. And totally. That's it. But that's the hard. Yeah. yeah. What, what do you think? Scott? Yeah. I'm I mean, something that we did last year when I was the intern was uh, courageous conversations. So we just it was a random group of students that we brought in with members of Department of Public Safety. And we just asked like really difficult questions about how what people perceive as safety um, and like how people feel safe. And it was it's yeah, it's it's really hard, but people leave feeling, um, you know, I, I had people that reached out to me after and were like, wow, I didn't know that DPS was so cool. Like, I feel yeah. re- like we had Heather, um, who is the executive officer, and people were like, we, I would feel so good reaching out to her. Like, I feel like she would really take care of me. And she was like, yeah, reach out to me literally whenever. Um, and it's also cool, like, for DPS within those conversations to facilitate students talking amongst each other about safety. So I remember mm-hmm. in one conversation, a guy was like, wait, girls don't feel comfortable walking on campus alone? And this girl mm. was like, yeah, look at my keychains. I've got pepper spray and right. like claws on my, my keychain. <laughs> yeah. And and he was like, oh, I had no idea. Like, how can I help? Like, what? How? Like, I've never felt this fear. How can I help other people not feel, right. feel this fear? So I think going back to the original question, something that Department of Public Safety is doing and con- needs to continue doing is like, promoting um, community amongst students and faculty and staff to also take care of each other. Like Mm. we are there to help facilitate that. But when we're walking on campus or when you see something um, like we all need to feel safe seeing each other on campus and knowing that if something happens, a stranger can help us. You know, Um, I just I live on the dorms and I, I remember like when I go take my groceries, it just makes me feel so much better when I'm walking at night to see someone that I know or see a familiar face because yeah. I, I feel like if something happens, they will they will be there t- to help me, or, even if that's just to call someone, right. you know. And so our job or, or their job is to really like help facilitate that, to facilitate that sort of culture of caring for each other. Totally. I think the other thing that um, we are starting to work on is like this proactive nature of safety. And that means like de-siloing all of these departments, collaborating with the Dean of Students, collaborating with Student Affairs, collaborating with EDI, um, which is really hard because you have to, you know, everyone's just used to working in their own thing. Um, But if we are able to collaborate, I mean, that lessens the time, that lessens the amount of uh, work that's on an individual person because we're able to sort of spread it out, use each other's expertise. Um, And so working with all of these centers and these um, offices to sort of make sure that the services that we offer students is holistic, that we know the information that we're giving them is correct. I mean, the biggest thing as a student that I feel like is so annoying is like when I call an office and they're like, I'm not really sure, like try this number. And then they're like, well, try this number. And I'm like, I already tried them. So what are you guys doing? You know, (laughs) so making sure that sort of everyone is alignment with the different offices and making sure that like we can direct students to the correct place without it being frustrating or them just being like, I'm never doing that again. So um, like taking kind of a proactive nature uh, to safety and then, yeah, just like sort of redefining and and this this was like when originally when I said, what is my philosophy of safety? Yeah. I mean, this is what it originally was, and I, I which is like 
yeah, facilitating a culture of care where everyone cares for each yeah. other and these police officers are sort of helping facilitate that. Yeah. But they're not, I mean, like I've always thought, you know, like, yeah, they're always there, but why don't you know your dorm neighbor next door? Like if you right. need an egg, go ask them, you know, like, or, or if you need a walk to your car, you can also ask your dorm neighbor. Yeah. Um, and yes, of course, call the police, but the police sort of help us facilitate these these positive, good interactions that have us leaving campus feeling feeling safe and secure and good. Like we know we know the people that we, we share this campus with. So those are yeah. sort of the two big things that come to my head. Totally. Yeah. Kind of that I think as a student, I want to be taking more accountability. You know, it's like it's like the bystander effect almost. And yeah, I mean, we probably got to wrap this up, guys. But I am kind of curious if you have any you know, final thoughts or any extra safety advice to students. So I, you know, I think uh, what I, the biggest thing that I would impress upon everybody that's listening is the police department cares. We care about you. We care about your safety. We want you to do things that will put you in a position to not be a victim. Um, keep your heads up. If you have to move, take your laptop with you. Find a new place to sit. Don't leave it out there. Don't put yourself in a position where you leave things out in the open or leaving your car doors unlocked or leaving your dorm rooms unlocked and just letting people come and go as they would, as they will. It's just kind of we have to make sure that we're really taking an active effort and a concerted effort to try to stop becoming a victim. Now, I get it. We should teach people not to commit crimes. But we try that. That's through the the justice system, right. right? And so we have to actually, if we could do anything to help set you guys up to be safe, take care of yourselves, be don't become a target of an opportunity, yeah. you know. And if you can help somebody, please reach out, help them, be understanding. It doesn't matter where you come from or what walk of life you come from. Somebody needs your help. I don't care, male, female, or how you identify. Everybody at some point in their life is scared until they everybody but they'll say I'm not until they are. Right. Right? I've been in several situations as a police officer where I've been afraid. I've been scared. I've yeah. wrote that in police reports. Right. I've I've actually testified in front of a grand jury at the federal level wow. that I was afraid that somebody was going to take my life. That's scary. Yeah. I don't care what anybody says. That is that is scary and it is unnerving. And it's okay to be afraid, but it's also okay to ask for help. Mm-hmm. And if you want to be, if you want help, if you don't know where to go, if you don't know how to get somewhere, we'll help you. Mm-hmm. Come to the police yeah. department. We're like Muscon said, we're not going to call another person another person another person we're going to we're going to hand you off to somebody and we're going to we're going to go that extra mile and try to really help people find somebody and not just kind of be like hey yeah muscon I'll call you back right no it's hey we're going to be in the position to walk you through hand you off to somebody that will help you yeah be safe be courageous be heads up and help your fellow student and as a community and as a system we can be better and we need to keep getting better. And the only way we're going to do that is being open mm. and having great conversations. Love it. Thank you so much, Ms. Khan and Officer Dan. This was great. Yeah, yeah I appreciate so it. Thank you. Peace. Peace. Yeah, do you want to just give a quick, um, you know, any sort of links or anything like that, just the location of, you know, where you guys are located? So I won't give you much of a link right now. What I'll do is I'll give you a phone number. So obviously 911 in case of in the event of an emergency, that'll patch you right to your police department here who is here 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You dial 911 or 
There's this cool feature that we have as well. You can text 911 if you're in a situation and an active mm. dispatcher will communicate with you live on a 911 call. If you don't know who to call, we encourage you to call 911. Uh, that'll come right to our office. We're here 24 hours a day, seven days a week. If not, if it's a non-emergency and it can wait or something that can take time, uh, phone number 801-585-COPS or 585-2677. And we're located at 1658 East on 500 South in the new public safety building where the tailgate lot is. It's right across the street from the tennis center and the football center, just right there on Guardsman off of Fifth South. Uh, We're there to help. We're here to help. Awesome. Thank you. So today we're doing a panel um, and I'll let you guys introduce yourselves. Um, But let me make a quick few announcements real quick. Ben here is the new director of Our Stories, and let me just say I'm super happy about where Our Stories is headed, and um, we also, because we also have Debbie doing a international students podcast um, that we're starting up. Um, she, we interviewed her for an episode um, about international students this last year, and uh, we have some new faces too coming in, so... Um, I was saying in our meeting yesterday, like, our stories is kind of in our thriving period, you guys. Like, we have new podcasts coming out, um, Banter with Ben's... Bells. Bells. Ben, banter with Bells. Banter <laughs> with Bells. Um, yeah. So, I, you guys want to just do, do a quick intro? Uh, I'll, I'll start. My name's Talmadge. Um, I'm, I'm the one who just interviewed interviewed uh, Dan and Muscon. Um, turn it over to you guys. Yeah. I'm Ben, director of Our Stories. Um, my third year here at the U. So... Looking forward to seeing where our stories goes this year. Sweet. I'm Connor. I'm the social media publisher at Our Stories. Um, and I'm also in my third year. I'm a communications major. Uh, Sweet. Yeah. I'm a third year, too. We're all third years. That's pretty yeah. exciting. Um, so what were your guys' thoughts about the podcast? What did you guys think about, um, you know, to hear more about public safety? Were there any highlights for you? Um, well, I think... I mean, even just being in a room with Dan for half an hour, you know, you can tell that he's he's a really great guy, and um, it was really great that he gave us kind of that personal backstory because um, I think it helps you kind of understand him as a person because, I mean, I think a lot of people uh, just in general see cops as like a, maybe like a heartless yeah. person, but I mean... I mean, they have these these stories like Dan, like they didn't come from the best backgrounds, but, you know, they became, he became a cop because he wanted to stop things from happening, like what, what happened right. to his mom. And um, so I think that if people got to know cops like Dan more, they would be less kind of be afraid they would be less it would be more open to just seeing them as a resource than someone who's out to get them totally yeah i totally agree and as someone who's uh, pretty involved in progressive and leftist politics Mm -hmm. there's a lot of uh very negative language around the police um, yeah as an institution and i think that should be directed um at the institution you know uh you should hold organizations under scrutiny and accountable uh you know for their policies but you got to remember, like, there's a human behind the badge. Yeah, if totally. You really make an effort to get to know them. You know, a lot of them are great people, and they really yeah. do want to help. And you got to make more institutional change rather than just 
throwing hatred at everyone who wears the badge. Right. Yeah, I mean, I really like the sentiment that I think Muscon and Dan were both getting at of, you know, kind of reforming the structure of it and also just trying to get more good people, you know, because there are a lot of good cops and, like, um, yeah, so it was super refreshing for me to get to hear more about it on a face-to-face level rather than, like, stuff that I see on, like, social media and whatnot about um, the police department. Um, yeah, I mean, what do you guys think are the biggest ways that we can be making improvements to public safety? Um, I mean, I think just kind of what, what Dan was talking about, um, you know, just... I feel like not enough people really know about the campus police and what they're here for. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's kind of a it's kind of a broken record on that. Like, students just don't really know what resources they have access to. Right. Um, and I mean, that's it's the same thing with like a lot of the departments we've talked to. They're just like, yeah, people don't really know about us. Like, and so I think it's kind of on almost the university, to just um, make sure that people know that campus, what campus safety, what the whole office and the whole department is there for. Um, And, I mean, it sounds like they're taking a step in the right direction with, um, you know, giving presentations to all of the incoming students like Dan was talking about. Um, I was at the ISSS orientations for international, incoming international students, and Dan was there all three days oh, to cool. give the presentations on public safety. Yeah. Um, you know, and one thing that he was very adamant about in those presentations was like, we're here to help you guys. You know, we don't want to arrest you. Yeah. Because uh, especially as like an incoming international student, you know, you you see the news in America about like police brutality and blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah. So totally. I think that it's the, that kind of outreach and just students knowing what public safety is there for can improve the the image and just kind of how they function on campus. Totally. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think, uh, you know, being involved with outreach is really important for police. Um, so they feel like they're a part of the community. They, they know people on the yeah. ground. Um, they know people from international backgrounds and LGBTQ communities. Yeah. So they don't seem like an outside force right. coming in and, you know, instilling, uh, you know, I don't know, enforcing, yeah. enforcing things on a group of people they don't understand and don't know. So I feel like when you know a police officer and you're like, you know, this is my friend, this is a person who is here for me, um, yeah. know, it feels a lot better than just being like, you know, this is this outside body that has no connection to me. Totally. Um, trying to, you know, enforce things. Um, and people like uh, Muscon uh, kind of make me feel pretty good about that. Um, yeah. It feels like, you know... She talked a lot about how she had autonomy and, like, yeah. uh, what she said about the Department of Public Safety. Like, she really had to get to know them and, like, really believe what she was saying. Um, she wasn't just given a script and like, right. told to go table for the police. It's like, yeah. you know, I have to support what I'm saying. Totally. Oh, yeah, I totally agree with both of your guys' sentiments, too, about more humanization, more transparency, communication, um... And yeah, I mean, even Dan was, we were talking before the episode, uh, before the interview, you know, about um, how summertime is a super busy time for the police department here because they are going around 
and it's I I S right. Um, they're going there, then they're like fifty other places to kind of give that transparency. So, uh, as stoked as I am about the future of our stories, I'm also super stoked about public safety and uh, the police department here, and the example that can even shine on other police departments. You know, um, yeah. And you guys have any other final thoughts for today? I guess personally, I didn't even know like the real role of public safety or anything before this semester. And I hope that going forward, more students, especially incoming students, and as they kind of expand the on-campus community with more housing and stuff, that um, students understand what what they're here for and how they can help. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and I just hope that outside of the university community that uh, different police organizations kind of get the memo and try to be more involved and, you know, view each other as neighbors rather than, you know, the police. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Love it. Love hearing your guys' thoughts. And, uh, yeah, well, I'm looking forward to the next panel, you guys. Thank you for coming on. Yeah. yeah. You. See you next time. Awesome. Go Utes! <laughs> Thank you for listening to Long Story Short and Our Stories Production. Stay tuned for more insightful and potentially life-changing interviews. Cheers! <laughs>